You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hey everyone, Kevin here asking you to head over to our Patreon and check it out. Enjoy benefits like exclusive content, merch discounts, and behind the scenes looks at all things Rare Drop. Go to patreon.com slash raredrop to become a member today. And thank you so much to our current patrons who helped make this show possible. Dave the New Nerd, Neil Anderson, Jack DeVille, Philip Snyder, Jedi Chappie, Paul Marzik, Aether Mana, Respect KS, PD Club, wow dad, Justin McMahon, Stephen Purd, Matt LaRue, and all of the other patrons. Thank you so much. Explore epic sagas with Rare Drop Roleplay. Recap the latest in sports with Overplayed. Unleash your inner hero on comics. Dive into a galaxy far, far away through Star Wars and Scotch. And pick the brains of industry experts on Broman Podcast. Whatever you're looking for, Rare Drop Entertainment has you covered. Check out our full lineup at raredrop.co. Cold intro. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Broman Podcast 143 featuring True Vanguard, streamer, content creator, and and gosh darn handsome. Just so gosh darn, so gosh darn handsome. Most of things are true. How are you doing today, man? Uh, fantastic. Yeah, living the dream. By yourself. <laughs> ah, you know, living, living. I've just got over a cold. <laughs> uh, oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. I was haven't been sick in like two and a half years, right? Because quarantine. Uh, right. And then, you know, grab a cold. And uh, you, yeah, it was like on the couch all weekend. But bonus, I got to watch the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy on Sudafed. So like that was a uh, win. New ah, experience. New experience. Yeah, yeah. Embracing, <laughs> embracing, embracing the new. Um, but yeah, other than other than that, things are things are good. Uh, chat. Uh, uh, would you? Would I'm I'm sure many of you listening are already aware of True Vanguard. But for those of you that aren't aware, um, or for anyone who doesn't know about you, would you like to give everyone a little intro to who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, hi, I'm True Vanguard. Uh, some people call me TV or Ryan because it is my government name. Oh man. But, uh, yeah. So I live stream, make content on, uh, well, I started out on YouTube, then live streamed on Twitch and then was on Facebook. And now I'm on YouTube doing streaming and VOD content. And, um, yeah, uh, I am in my young 30s. I have a family <laughs> and I love what I do. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. I be, I was racking my brain getting ready for today. Trying to remember the first time I met you because um, I feel like it had to have been a long time ago at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think the first time you and I met was actually when um, I had never played with Goth before, but he reached out and he was like, hey, me and some buddies, aka you, Shifty, um, <laughs> T, yeah, you guys were gonna do like hide and seek in Destiny One. On oh, one of the I remember maps. this way back in the like, day. Yeah, yeah, patrol hide and seek, and I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds fun. That was the first time I met y'all. That was that was a good day. I miss hide and seek. That was fun. So you you meant so you talked about your journey through all these different platforms. So I'd like to know first of all, like what what brought you from place to place each time because yeah. we, we there's a lot of people out there right now that are looking they're either starting to make content or they're seeing all of you know this a very dynamic marketplace when it comes to where creators are distributing their content right now so i yeah. i would love to know what drove your decisions over the years that's a great question it's been a, it's been a wild ride so i guess start at the beginning 
the, ver the very first platform I was on uh, making content was YouTube. And uh, I was not, I didn't even know live streaming was, was really a thing. I kind of lived under a rock. At the time, I was actually a uh, youth pastor at a church. And uh, a lot of the kids game. And I was, I was brand new to it. I didn't know any of these kids. And I wanted to like find a way to um, have a connection with them. Yeah. You know, a language we both understood. And I loved gaming. So I was like, well, here's what I'll do. I'm playing this game Destiny right now. And I think I'm okay at it. So I'll just post some videos of some of my gameplay and like some tips and things to do. I'll put it on YouTube and see if the kids respond well to that. And that's the first content I put out there. And uh, it actually kind of took off. I had um, a nice little seed community on YouTube at the time, you know, out of a few thousand subscribers. And I was like, okay, this is actually kind of fun. And so it became a side hobby at that time. And uh, I met some new people and some of them were live streamers. They were like, hey, you should like, you know, go live sometime on Twitch. And uh, yeah, that way your community can interact with you on a, you know, in a live chat sort of a setting. I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. What's Twitch? Where do I find it? <laughs> do, I to, do I have to pay for that? I don't know. So, How expensive uh, yeah. is Twitch? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, and the answer depends. But anyways, I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I started live streaming because my mm. buddies at the time told me to and uh and so then i was sort of multi-platform i did vod content on youtube i did live streaming on twitch and uh this was back in the day i'm sure you remember this back in the day when partnership requirements were kind of steep oh yeah like you they're like you don't have a thousand viewers what are you why are you in my inbox get out go <laughs> <laughs> get out of here and, quit uh, trying to talk to me so luckily I hit the ground running on Twitch because I had by that time a really nice community on YouTube already established and they just showed up for my live stream content. So I got partnered really quickly. Um, mm. Destiny at the time was like really in its its prime. D1 Super hot. Popping off. So it's it's kind of shell shock. You know, it's, it's the kind of instant success that a lot of us Destiny content creators had that no one else had. Yeah. Where you go live and you're like, I have a thousand viewers. We got fifteen hundred viewers. Is this normal? I guess this is normal. And uh, you know, you then find out <laughs> a year actually road, a lot of people would kill for that. Yes. And and uh, we were kind of spoiled with the Destiny community at the time, just the way it popped off of Twitch. That is, yeah. You know, honestly, to like just take a second and talk about that. That's something I haven't thought about in such a long time right like yeah. the the it really was like a phenomenal bubble <laughs> like at the, at the beginning <laughs> right like it yeah. was just it was so anomalous like especially and this is this is what always tripped me out about destiny in the beginning is that you know coming from bungie there were a lot of people that didn't like it because it wasn't halo and so, like, having, like, it, it just felt like there were all these reasons why Destiny shouldn't have worked, like, on social media or on a live streaming platform, but it seemed to exceed all of those things, right? Like, usually yeah. when stuff gets bad reviews from the in-place community, it doesn't go anywhere. Like, try and think of other yeah. games that have done that on Twitch. It just doesn't seem to happen. But, yeah, like, that that instant success or that accelerated success that a lot of us felt in the beginning really did set an interesting slant on to our careers so what yeah. like what did you do following that right right so 
it got to the point where my side hobby was so much more lucrative than my job that it really didn't make sense to keep doing my job. Mm. Um, and that's not, I, I still get that question actually to this day. People are like, oh, you used to be pastor. Did you leave because you hate the church or you, you hated <laughs> your job? Like, no, I, I loved what I, I'm still very active um, in doing volunteer work and stuff like that. I've, I've uh, done like Sunday school teacher stuff for years and I, and I still love that. But um, transitioning into doing content creation as a job has really uh, allowed me to have a lifestyle that was previously unobtainable. And, and frankly, I, uh, it completely changed the trajectory of our lives as a family unit because we were able to start tackling things like student loans uh, so yeah. much sooner and and oh, just get God. those out of the way because I don't know if you know this or not but if you go into ministry paying off student loans is kind of hard because you don't really make money. No, you're not gonna you're not gonna make money. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I have I have so, intimate knowledge of that experience. Yeah, yeah. I left. So uh, I left. I left seminary with like eighty five thousand dollars of student loan yeah. debt, and there was no prospects to pay it back. Right? Like you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm just gonna retire and. Maybe someone will be nice and pay this off for me. <laughs> that always um, seemed like such a huge disconnect to me. Yeah, it's weird to get like pay all this money to get an education, and then it's like possible to pay it back. So, yeah. so going from so you you take on this new life trajectory that's like completely changed the direction of things, mm -hmm. um, and then there's like another transition after that, and you move from Twitch to Facebook. That's correct. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, at the or time, metaverse little, now. I don't know. In meta, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the time, I was a little over a, a hundred thousand ish followers on on Twitch, which felt really comfortable. I had a very yeah. consistent viewership there. Um, but the the competitive nature of Twitch is is intense. It at that level. is. Yes, it's very intense at that level. Um, it it brings it brings a lot of anxieties as well along with it. Uh, taking a day off can feel like taking a month off sometimes, depending on what's happening in the gaming sphere. Yeah, at the time, you know, and especially you with a live like service game. Yeah, absolutely. Just feel like you get left behind so fast. So you just that pressure to grind, 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 grind is 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 sometimes kind of overbearing. Yeah, but um, you know, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Tim Darkness Four Two Nine. Uh, was streaming with Facebook, and I was uh, talking with him about his success over there and enjoying that, and some of the pros, the cons. And around that time, I got uh, an offer from Facebook Gaming to come and and be a uh, partnered streamer over there. They would pay me a consistent, yeah. <laughs> a salary, you know, a dream, consistent yeah. <laughs> paycheck every month, regardless of of how well I performed. It so that that really took a lot of the pressure off of the grind like i have to make the most optimized content for growth every day or i'm done yeah you know you go over to facebook you get the paycheck every month and so you're free to to play this game and that game take some risks experiment with different uh you know settings for your stream and what the content's gonna look like the flavor of the content is it comical lighthearted? is it intense and competitive you can play around with those things and and it really alleviates that pressure of yeah when you get to the end of a stream was it good or bad if you're on if i was on twitch at the time i that would stick with me throughout the day but on Oof. facebook it was a bad stream ah whatever okay we tried something new it didn't work tomorrow we'll try something different and i really appreciated that i did that for a year 
Um, and then I thought, okay, well, that's probably the end of it. But then they reached out again. They're like, no, we kind of like having you around. Would you like <laughs> to do another year? I was like, yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, they took good care of us. I live streamed there for two years. I came to the end of that two year, those two contracted years um, this past September. Hmm. And uh, it's it things just worked out so well. It honestly was mind boggling how well things worked out. But I thought that was going to be the end of it. I was having a little bit of anxiety about going back to that really competitive side of streaming again. Yeah. And uh, where where am I going to go to? Am I going to go to Twitch? Am I going to go to YouTube? Um, yeah. And I I decided I did a little bit of experimentation on both. Uh, YouTube and Twitch and had a lot of success with the viewership on both platforms. But the main, the main difference for me was with Twitch, they, they're highly exclusive. Yes. If, if yeah, you're not allowed to make content, live streaming content anywhere else. If you want to make money on Twitch, essentially. That's the truth. And, and I was worried about that because with Twitch, it's like, I could, I go back there and my safety net's gone. I don't have that weekly in, or that monthly income. And so I have to do a bunch of streams to meet the qualifications to become an affiliate. And then I have to do a bunch of streams to meet the qualifications to become a partner. And then I have to submit my application. And who knows, is it going to be a week, two weeks, a month, two months? I've heard nightmare stories from people who met the requirements and didn't get partner for three, four months. Yeah, and it's like I, I'm the sole provider for my family. I don't know that I can afford that. But on mm. YouTube, I could stream that day, fully monetize my content. Twitch is going to take a fifty-fifty split, right? And YouTube's like seventy-five twenty-five. You take seventy-five percent of your income right now today. You don't have to apply. I, mean, I was already a partner because yeah. I've been making content on YouTube for so long. It was a no-brainer at that point. I mean, yeah, well, I think the I think that the the timing with with YouTube is also excellent, right? YouTube is really and they've they've definitely shown that. I know you were talking about September of last year, but like they've definitely shown all through 2021 that like they're here to play when it comes yeah. to live streaming. Like they're not screwing around. Um, even I think as recently as like a couple weeks ago, uh, Fwiz, they like the yeah. lead there tweeted out like all of these features that you like the only thing that I think keeps people on Twitch is like there's a parody of like what they expect. Right. And once they once YouTube and Facebook offer, you know, the same features at parody or it's like, oh, I can use my emotes here, but I have emotes on this channel. I can do I can give subs here. I can give subs here. And all yeah. of these things are being added to their deck. Um it's just uh it seems like a great time to be on YouTube <laughs> and not and not no as doubt. much on Twitch. Um you you talked about the really competitive nature on of Twitch. Do you feel like it's different on YouTube? Uh it's still live streaming. So some mm. things are the same, but YouTube is very different in the way that discoverability works. Right. Um on Twitch, it I mean, it really is. If you're not at the top of the directory, uh, yeah, they have a... like, <laughs> it's, it's tough to find people unless you're actively scrolling down to find smaller communities, which some people do, yeah, uh, which is fine. Uh, but YouTube has an algorithm that has been 
refined for decades now. <laughs> yeah, truly decades. It, it, yeah, it, so it's so well fleshed out at this point that I I see new people every day. You know, and there's no directory like you don't you don't say I want to watch Destiny live streams and click on a uh, something that pulls up all the people streaming Destiny at the time on YouTube. That's not really how it works. Yeah, um, it just kind of tries to gauge your interest based on what you've interacted with uh, and engaged with in the past. And so uh, a lot of times uh, my streams just show up for people, not because they went out of their way to find it, but because YouTube went out of its way to put it in front of them. Mm. And that's the key difference there. And so I, I really enjoy that aspect of it, um, that YouTube really does gauge the success of a stream based off of interaction. Not yeah. on Twitch, it's a viewer count is the most important thing. How many viewers do you have? Uh, on that's YouTube, it. it, yeah. It's one on metric. YouTube, on YouTube, it's um, they gauge interaction. So the rate at which chat is moving, oh, people mm -hmm. are engaging with this content. It's going to take notice of that. How many times people actively hit the like button on the stream? It's going to take notice of that. So if you have 20 viewers and 18 of them like the stream, YouTube's going to say, almost everybody's digging this. Maybe we should maybe we should get more eyes on it. And so it'll it'll start playing around with that, start suggesting your stream to more people. So I, that's that's the key difference there. Yeah, I well, the there's such a huge difference between expecting a user to drive their own discoverability when mm -hmm. the like the default consumer experience on every app is I let the algorithm bring me the content I want with the exception of Twitter where people can still like sort by newest but that's again how they kind of built that platform um but Twitch is this is actually a place where I feel like Twitch shows its age because the the fact that there hasn't been some sort of platform driven delivery of live streams like I don't know how they would do it right but you know with YouTube or with Facebook as well like they thread everything together so eventually yeah. you know in the in the algorithm seeking to deliver content eventually the user gets served something that's like hey you maybe a live stream and they're like oh I love this um but Twitch doesn't have anything like that to drive you around the site autonomously mm -hmm. right yeah. there's the front page carousel but that's like that's nothing, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's only for special. It's only for special occasions. Right. Uh, and it's become incredibly coveted. Do you think do you think that the. The user experience of being able to, like, have the platform bring content creators to you that you like is going to be a long term difference maker when it comes to, you know, YouTube versus whoever. Yeah, I think it definitely can be. Um, YouTube just has so many users. You compare apples to apples, the number of users YouTube has to Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just astronomical. So if they continue that trend, I think it's it's absolutely going to start mattering. Mm -hmm. I mean, who... It, it It's interesting, you know, who is on Twitch that isn't on... You know, that doesn't also have a YouTube account. So yes. they're going to go to YouTube every now and then, and they're going to have content thrown at them and that they, that they might fall in love with but then on the flip side there's a lot of people who have youtube who don't have twitch um and so that's that's that imbalance there yeah. so i think over time as youtube continues to refine uh the features that they offer the viewer uh and ways that they can interact with that content i think it's going to start mattering over time yeah yeah i'm i you brought out <laughs> 
You brought out such a good. Do you hear my dog? Sorry. <laughs> oh no 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 not at all. I love the picture of your dog in the background. Like it's really good. Oh, no, my dog's barking. I was just, oh. <laughs> yeah, he's, my wife got, had had that commission. It's my dog's head painted oh my on God. the Mandalorian body. So. That's incredible. Um, no, I, 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 I wonder sometimes because when we when we were back in the day when we started streaming, Twitch <laughs> Twitch really was like the dominant player in the space and everyone was like oh nobody can unseat twitch and yeah. it's it's interesting because i he i've heard that comment before about youtube um i i can't remember where it was quoted from but somebody asked youtube employee like are you concerned about twitch and they said why would i be concerned about twitch when everybody's content ends up on youtube eventually anyway so then yeah. it just becomes a user conversion problem for youtube to be like hey watch this live as opposed to Download our app, our out of ecosystem experience and all this other stuff and then find the people you want on your own. Uh, and it's just very it's very 2000 and uh, it's very 2011 uh, yeah. <laughs> Internet, which is vintage now and uh, very <laughs> difficult to say. <laughs> I um, know, right. So we were talking a little bit beforehand, you know, you're so you've taken this incredible journey where you've like taught taken risks you've accepted these new frontiers that you have not just personally career-wise your for your family trajectory and then even having like the courage and bravery to be like oh i'm going to take these really huge platform move risks and and i'm really <laughs> going to calculate this and and i'm going to play this out you you've managed to do all of that while still being a, a parent every every yeah. day all the time you never stop being a parent <laughs> but what, so what's what is that like? You know, I get that question. I've got that question a lot. Uh, I don't have kids, uh, but it's it's something that people seem to be. They're really interested in. So how do you balance such an always on career with, you know, family time and things like that? Do you have any any tips, any tricks, any insight for people who might be like, I don't know how to handle this? <laughs> you know, it's um there's two things I think that really um, have helped me. One is uh, finding creative ways to create boundaries for yourself mm -hmm. and then also finding creative ways to create freedom for yourself. Um, and those are two very different um, intentional things that you do. Um, when it comes to boundaries, uh, I am a full send kind of person. If I'm going to do so, I tend to like fixate. So if I'm going to do something, I... I go really hard into this one thing and I mm. ignore a lot of other things. And so um, if I got into this industry before I was married and before I had kids, uh, I probably would have had a very unhealthy balance because I would have been just full sending on this thing. Mm. You know, I, I'd stream longer than I should, more hours than I should. I'd, I'd probably neglect uh friendships and important relationships and physical health and things like that uh because of the way that i'm wired but um i'm very lucky that i got into this after i was already married after i was already a father and um you know there are certain things that are just non-negotiables for me that the way that i'm wired can't supersede and being a parent and being a husband uh those are two things that that qualify there so uh, I decided early on with my wife is she and I do everything together as a team. All of our decision making um, do as a team. Uh, we created boundaries like these are the hours that I'm willing to work. These are the these are the ones that we don't. Uh, and so, I've actually been taking weekends off for a long time. 
Um, and that's been that's been part of that. You know, the kids the kid they go to school or daycare depending on their age. But the weekends, it's us and them. So hmm. we're gonna get creative with the things that we do with them. We want to make sure that every weekend is an opportunity to make memories and make sure the kids know that they're loved and cherished and valued. And um, and then on top of that, we also have structure in the day. Um, usually 5 p.m. to um, bedtime for the kids is no work. So we do dinner together mm. and then we do an activity together and then we have wind down time before bed. So everything's pretty structured out in that regard, uh, creating boundaries. So that's one big part of it. Make clear definable boundaries. The other part of it was how do we make sure that we have the freedom to enjoy mm. those boundaries without stress? And so um, I think I've had a very different approach to content creation in some regards. I know a lot of, for a lot of people, it's about, uh, we mentioned this earlier, it's the viewer count. How, how many viewers am I going to reach? And for me, it's been more about how do I make sure that I can, and, and this may sound, I hope it doesn't sound uh, vain or anything. Mm. Um, but for me, it's more about how do I maximize my monetary potential for the time that I'm investing during That's genius. So, so that I can have that freedom to enjoy the boundaries that we set and not stress during that downtime. Like I can invest in my kids and not have that voice in the back of my head. Like you could be, you should be doing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and so that means, um, you know, I've been with a couple of different agencies. I've, I've, I've settled on an agency that works well for me. They hustle for me. They fight for my worth and they bring me deals that are uh, sponsored gigs that, that bring consistent income. So, you know, I, I'm yeah. not so worried about monetizing my content in other ways. And then on top of that, you know, we took the Facebook deal. We, we did a couple of years with them and now I'm doing my live streaming and VOD content on YouTube, but I have a wife who has a degree in media communications and um, now she works with me. And we have another contract with Facebook, but it's not for live streaming, it's for VOD content. And so I write down and take notes during my streams about things that happen, things that might be fun and engaging for viewers. I hand those notes to her. She downloads the stream. She edits it all with, you know, fun editing and, and makes the videos nice and playful. And that content goes up on Facebook. So we work side by side uh, every day to deliver content that is um well monetized and so we created boundaries yeah. we've also created opportunities that that give us the freedom to enjoy those i think that that's i think that the the way that you reframed the question about income for yourself is probably one of the smartest things i've ever heard someone say on this podcast sometimes adding a variable to an existing problem changes your approach right so um all the time <clears throat> when people get on and they talk about when they got started, the answer was like, oh, I just did as much as I could. Um, but when you redefine that variable and you ask, why am I doing as much as I can? OK, it's an income problem. Well, in that case, what if I build a framework where I have four hours and I try and make as much money inside of that time period as possible? And by redefining that problem that way, it allowed you to build your channel and protect your boundaries and the freedom that you wanted in your life by yeah. making it a different, like making the focus of the problem, something other than what's impossible, which is make more hours in the day. Right. It's yeah. it, you can that's always right. make more money. You can't make more time. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think that's brilliant. 
Um, so when so you said you take you take weekends off and you've been doing that for a long time. When did that start for you? The uh, so the weekends completely off um, really started with my first contracted month on Facebook. Mm. Once I sort of shed that that really competitive nature of the Twitch streaming at the time mm. and and went to a new model where I get paid every month, uh, regardless of how well I compete against my fellow peers. Um, that's when I was able to say, OK, now I have the freedom because we that's that right. We created yeah. the freedom and uh, now we have the freedom to say, OK, we can afford to take weekends off. And that's good because it also freed up time that was important for me to be taking care of my uh, my body. And um, and so getting a lot more consistent with my uh, activity, working out. I picked up some new hobbies. I had the freedom Ooh. to enjoy new hobbies, which is great, too. During these that's fucking years. wild. It's just been so fun, dude. Picking up new hobbies and investing in them. Oh, it's great stuff. <laughs> so, what, what are some of the hobbies you picked up? Now I'm I, curious. I, I really love mixology. I love making cocktails with Ooh. fresh ingredients. So I, every you know, every couple of weeks, I'll have to restock. I got to do things like squeezing my my uh, fruits and getting my juices and making homemade syrups, like your homemade grenadines and sugar oh. syrups and all that stuff. What? Keeping all that stuff stocked. It's and of course my wife likes it because I just bring her drinks sometimes and she's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, is this good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me if it's good or not. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's it's a blast. I really enjoy that. Also picked up. Um, I've always loved kayaking, mm. you know. But I always just rented kayaks, so I didn't do it very often. But there's water everywhere in Michigan. Like there's lakes everywhere. And yeah. So I was like, why am I not taking advantage of this? But with the freedom that we created for ourselves and the the boundaries we implemented, I had a lot of free time to invest in things like that. So I was like, screw it. I'm buying a kayak. And yeah. so two to three times a week, I'm strapping that thing to the roof and going to a lake and getting some time in on the water. That's that's awesome. <laughs> that's like, I don't know. That's great. It makes me super happy. You don't really hear usually the, the talk around the table, right, is, God, I don't have time to do anything anymore. And I don't know what to do now that I've turned my hobby into a career. I don't know how to adopt <laughs> right. or, or pick up other hobbies. So like that just that just makes my heart really happy. Um, what, what is it like? Uh, cause I know, I know, I know that every marriage dynamics different and everybody is like, I don't know if I could work or I don't know if we could work together. Right. Like everybody always yeah. looks at that. And so how, how is it that, you know, that works out so well for you all? I don't know if I phrased that question perfectly. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, very yeah, how does, question. how does one find harmony when, you know, the workplace and home are kind of constantly interconnected. Yeah. Well, part of it is that we share the same space. Yes. But we're not mm. constantly engaged with each other during the workouts, right? I have to do my live stream. I'm interacting with my viewers and, um, and my community and she's got headphones on. She's editing all the gameplay and, and getting that all ready to go up on Facebook. So we're occupying the same space, but we're not actively engaged with each other during all of those times. Um, but like I said, our structure is really important for us. And so we have um, every night, save for one uh, night a week, every night, six six nights a week, we mm. uh, when the kids go down, we have structured time together where it's, it's either just the two of us or the two of us and our two best friends. 
Mm. And so uh, we get about an uh, hour and a half to two hours every night before bed where we just enjoy each other's company. And sometimes that's gaming together. Sometimes it's watching shows together. Um, sometimes it's just sitting on the couch and browsing through Reddit together and laughing at <laughs> stupid memes. But it's it's all very structured. And so we have that time that's just, it's no work. It's just enjoy each other's company and um, and process the day. But we also have our own time that mm. is uh, away from each other. Like I said, I've got my hobbies. She's got hers. And uh, the editing that she does for me doesn't take eight hours in the day, you know? Yeah. Um, so she'll, she'll take two or three hours to do the editing and get those videos ready to go. And then other than that, she can invest in her hobbies and the passions that she has without me, you know, in her space <laughs> during that time. So. Yeah, that's good. I think I think if we had a title for this, it's how to have healthy boundaries in every aspect of your life with True Vanguard. <laughs> like it's I'm I mean, uh, I as somebody who has a mind that prefers being more undisciplined because I have like ADHD and really mm -hmm. strong, really strong, rigorous structure can just blow apart my whole creative process like if if I like I have some routine, but I need a lot of time that's just open. Um, you know, I always admire people who are like, this is a structure. This is what we have to do. And this might change, you know, if when I have kids, like I understand that there's, there's an enforceable structure <laughs> yeah. from, uh, evolution itself and, and, and God is there and he's like, guess what? Like, this is how shit works, uh, now. And you're going to wake up when this thing cries and all this other <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But, but to be able to have the discipline to set time up like that so consistently and then to just show up. I I like to think of discipline as showing up for yourself every day, right? To show up for yourself and to say, I'm I'm important enough to protect this time and to protect the structure. Yeah. I always it's always incredibly impressive to me. Um so to know that that that, you know, even so far as to prioritizing alone time, separate hobby time, time together time on the weekends for your kids like it's you got it fuck you just like the best structure like this you need to write a book because basically what i'm saying is like you need <laughs> right. to write a book that's like hey do you make content and have a family hi i'm true vanguard and i'm gonna fix that <laughs> i'm gonna fix all that mess right um yeah i really i think it's it's inspiring man it is um so so we've talked about making content we talked about you know working with your family and things like that what what has it been like to go through such a like a large portion of your adulthood as because I always find this really interesting. You have people who have known nothing but content creation like that's it. They started when they were 18 and at this yeah. point they could be uh, they could be 28 or 30 years old. And it's the only thing they've ever done is stream on Twitch or make YouTube content. But yeah. for people like uh, myself, people like you, there was a career beforehand. Um, so what what's it been like to have this total? <laughs> totally different block of time in your life where like this was my vocation and now there's this dramatic transition into into this new vocation and to have spent so much time you know doing both um what's in there for you like what what has made that special or unique yeah yeah i i never regret the work that i did before i mean sometimes you think to yourself man if i'd gotten into this sooner where would i be you know yeah uh, but I never really regret that time lost because I don't really consider it time lost. I think the time that I spent in my professional career beforehand was was 
really good to prepare me for this kind of work. Um, I learned, I learned a lot of patience in ministry work. Um, ah. and that was key. I learned how to deal with kids, um, in some of that work, which was really important to me. Uh, before then I was doing uh, basic skilled trade work, which has been, also been very important for me because there's been a number of times where I'm like, I don't have to call a plumber. I don't have ah. to call an electrician. This is something that is in my wheelhouse. A lot of it isn't, you know, the more technical stuff, but a lot of it is stuff that I'm like, yeah, I could bang that out. And that's <laughs> really helpful too. So um, yeah, I never consider that as time lost. I think it's time well spent um, and it's really helped prepare me for dealing with it honestly uh having the maturity to deal with all the downsides to having a live community that you have to react to because some of them are just horrible people sometimes yeah and um and you have to have the patience to deal with that and uh and not let it eat at you yeah and i think a lot of people really struggle with that i, th I see a lot of i see a lot of content creators burn out you know they're like i i had to unplug for a week you know i I turned the stream off and, and walked away and it, it took me days to really re and the impact that uh, a living breathing organism like a live streaming community can have on you the streamer is yeah. um, it's a heavy weight sometimes and uh, i'm very thankful that i have i'm not going to say i've never been bothered by things people say because i certainly i i can be a little uh defensive by nature and so i still have to wrestle with those things just like everybody else but I'm very grateful that I was a grown adult <laughs> yeah. by the time I had to start dealing with it. I don't envy the people who are um, not really sure of themselves yet, or maybe they haven't really come into themselves yet uh, yeah. and have to deal with that. It's tough. So. No, I, I, uh, yeah, I completely agree there. Like I, I definitely haven't always been my most perfect self, but I, I recognize the parallels uh, of, you know, learning how to manage a community or learning how to manage groups of people or talk to groups of people beforehand and understanding like um, I can't remember which class I was taking in college, but somebody they show you that bell curve of like adopting technology or the bell curve of like people's perspectives. And there's always going to be five percent of people that just hate your guts like you're <laughs> yeah. just not there. You're just not their their flavor of ice cream that they like and they are just you know, they're just not going to like you. And um, ex for me, accepting the long road of accepting that, you know what? I'm just not I'm just not for some folks. And that's OK. Uh, yeah. Was a big part of me overcoming that hurdle myself of being like, I don't because you sit there at night, like trying to figure out how <laughs> to solve these impossible problems. Like, how am I going to make <laughs> yeah. these? I'm going to make these people happy. And you, you do things and they don't care. And you're like, what the what the hell? Um <laughs> But but having the maturity to step back and having had other experiences, no matter how bad things got on Twitch, I was always like, you know, it beats it beats like hauling cement around a job site. Um, you know, I, I greatly prefer this uh, experience uh, to, you know, working at working as a fry cook. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When I was a waiter, I couldn't tell the customer that they're stupid. But now I can. If somebody says something stupid to me. <laughs> I'm like, this is my stream, and you're acting kind of dumb, so you can leave. Me. <laughs> you can, I like uh, having take that freedom. Yeah, it's good to be able to. It's it's good to be. Yeah, uh, monitoring and editing your community is a great blessing of the online of the online uh -huh. era. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So when it comes when it comes to oh, this is actually this is gonna be fun. So do you you see where you're making all of your content right now? Where do you see you moving your content next? Do you think that like okay, I'm here now? Like I I don't think anyone's arguing about YouTube going anywhere. Um, right. But there's constantly new social media platforms popping up and you have a, a structure to how you pr- approach things, you know. So when something new shows up, let's say like TikTok or, you know, during our time in gaming to uh, during our time in the gaming space, Instagram becoming incredibly relevant. Right. What what sort of strategies do you have or suggestions would you have for folks that like this is how to build some space for new tech or new distribution avenues for yourself? Yeah, one of the most important things for me is finding ways to um, repurpose content that you're already making mm. uh, easily. So, you know, a lot of people, they think it's all separate things. Like, I have my live stream, and then I need to go and I need to edit a video, and then I need to go and make a TikTok video. It's like, but I may have done something during the live stream that is applicable to the video that I'm already planning on making for <laughs> my VOD content. But it's also... It's also kind of a, just a funny moment and maybe it belongs on TikTok and maybe it also can be a YouTube short. Um, those those um, that short content is like really a thing right now. And it's mm. definitely worth dipping into. Um, for example, I literally have one of my moderators. I'm completely hands off with this, but um, sometimes something happens during the stream and I'm like, that was kind of fun. And I'll just let her know the timestamp when it happened. Mm. And then there's a YouTube uh, channel that I have called uh, True Vanguard Clips. And it has, I don't know, like 1,600 subscribers. It's it's small. Mm. But some of those videos, the YouTube algorithm is just so aggressively trying to promote the, the, these short moments. Short form, yes. Yeah. Some of these videos have 65,000 views, you know, and and make... 350 bucks and it's i didn't do anything i was just live streaming and i told my my moderator the timestamp hey this could be fun and youtube does all the work and you know we can split that profit between me and her Mm. and it's just repurposing content i was already making and it probably takes her 10 minutes you know Mm -hmm. and so you just just analyzing those trends and knowing what's going on and and what these uh platforms are what kind of content they're really trying to to push and promote and capitalizing on that yeah. is really important. I, I highly recommend people look into YouTube shorts and just uploading things that are, you know, less than a minute long and seeing where it goes. Cause the algorithm can just randomly just bless it for hmm. no explicable reason. It just blesses it. I need to start posting more stuff on uh, YouTube shorts. <laughs> I'm making yeah, all this honestly, content on TikTok. There's no reason not to No, just repurpose it, make it a short. And, um, Shorts also don't affect your VOD algorithm. So a lot of people are worried about this. You know, I, I, I had post, heard that they did, but I'm, I'm now I'm learning. This is great. A completely separate Educate algorithm. Me. So, so if I post, I could post two or three shorts a day and it won't affect how well my VOD content performed or how hmm. well my stream performed. And that's really nice too. What's... Is that, is it always, I'm going to ask stupid questions now. Has that always been the case? And it was just like misinformation running around about, about whether or not it was affecting your algorithm or. You know, I, I can't definitively speak Mm. to 
its genesis with YouTube Shorts and what it did, but I can tell you that the first time it was explained to me by somebody at YouTube, ah, it was that's what matters. They told me it doesn't affect it, and since then I've been doing YouTube Shorts, and it has not noticeably had any direct impact on how well my VOD content. So, good to know. So you you've talked you talked earlier. You mentioned it a couple times about. Um, you know, getting the time back, moving to Facebook allows you to try out new things and be more creative. Uh, what sort of effect do you feel like that had overall on the content you were making? This ability to take risks and have a day that's a completely, you know, like a bomb, right? Like to say, yeah. like, this is either gonna take off like a rocket or it'll be a one day thing. Like what what has that freedom brought into your creative process? A lot of it is diversification of my content because I was so caught up in the competitive nature of Twitch at the time that I was missing opportunity. Um, and so now that I've decided to do some experimentation, it's put me on different people's radars and networking is a really important thing in this industry. And mm-hmm. so because of that, I met, <laughs> I've, I've met new in those past two years, I uh, met people at Ubisoft and uh you know ea and and made some new connections with some uh agencies and i've gotten access to games i wasn't going to play or ha- was slightly interested in but i wasn't going to touch them because here let me yeah. give you an easy solid example perfect one time uh i decided to to get a little bit uh crazy with the experimentation this was actually right before i moved to facebook um but i decided to make a division two video Mm. and uh, really dive into that game and i was like why am i doing this this is gonna be stupid because i'm that directory is already saturated Mm. and nobody wants to know what i have to say about it because i'm not a division content creator i'm a destiny guy and i was so hung up on that competitive nature like i have to stream destiny or else my stream's not gonna do well today but i was like you know what screw it i i'm just interested in it and i'm gonna do it and i made this division video it's now the second most viewed video on my YouTube channel wow. in my life. Wow. It And it generated thousands of dollars of revenue. And, and that's just a solid example of a time where, you know, you take a risk and it pans out. Mm. Uh, I think of MTashed deciding to take a risk with his content where he was like, Genshin Impact, I'm going to full send. Mm. And... And I'm not going to look back. I'm just going to do it. You know, I've built up yeah. a little bit of, I've got some savings here. So if something goes wrong, I'm okay, but I'm going to try something new. And um, he created freedom for himself by mm-hmm. being smart with his money at the time. He created some freedom to do some experimentation. And he ended up, you know, getting, I don't know, like 500,000 subscribers off of his Genshin content and um, absolutely blowing up his channel because of it and seeing numbers both in view count and from a monetary standpoint he never would have seen if he had just stayed in his lane yeah and um you know you never know you never know what thing you make as long as you really apply yourself to it you never know what thing you make that is just going to be blessed out there you know Mm. as some things just are and there's sometimes you can't even quantify it or qualify it give Mm -hmm. a reason to it it just happens and and it leads you down a completely different trail. So I just decided it was worth taking some of those risks. And sure enough, I've been able to um, 
make videos and content on other games that that occasionally do get blessed and end up giving me uh, new opportunities to interact with people I never would have met. And that gives me access to future games that those people make. And uh, it's yeah. been great. That's, I love, <clears throat> I love, I love the way you wrote. I love that the division two video, which is like definitely one of the things I, I like recall about all your content. I was like, yes, banging ass division two video um, was, was <laughs> something that came out of an experiment. Um, and it, I, you know, one of my favorite quotes, um, from Bob Iger in his masterclass is, you know, whenever something doesn't work, we tend to get really conservative and go back to the things that, that work, right? Like, oh, I'm going to try this. Ooh, it didn't work. Ah, but he, he has said that a, a guiding principle for him is that whenever something doesn't work, it's time to get more creative and take an even bigger risk. Um, and when I look back on my career and I, I look at the times when I was like, no, I'm just going to play it safe, playing it safe, never made, it never changed the game. Uh, the biggest risk for me was going from <clears throat> being a full time speed runner of, uh, borderlands and yeah. uh, essentially, and like doing nothing but that for like 18 months to playing Bungie's new MMO RPG FPS game. Uh, much to the chagrin of, of my primary community, but I had, I had reached the point where I'm, you know, I was burned out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just need something for a break. And then the, the, oh, I'm going to play this beta and nobody's going to watch and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, enough people showed up and everybody seemed nice enough. And then the game came out and I got absolutely hooked on it. And luckily enough, it went, it went really well. Um, mm-hmm. And now, you know, and I would Aren't have you never one of the very first ride alongs. Were you one of the like very first ride alongs? I was did? I was one of the first three content creators that they brought out to do a reveal. I was the House of Wolves, that's, uh, that's what it was. House of Wolves, Prison of Elders reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Everybody right. that was. Uh, and I mean that if you want to talk about a moment that encouraged a tremendous amount of growth for me, it was that moment. That was the first time I was exposed to um you know, hundreds of thousands of people on the internet the first time, uh, and something that was outside of my control, the level of my microphone, uh, caused, <laughs> caused people to really not like me. Um, and that was, that was, that was really hard because I had spent so much time in my life trying to, to make sure that I was a likable guy. Um, but I, I was also rating myself in, in that way, right? Like, so, Oh, I'm always going to be agreeable or I'm always going to be nice. And because of that, people will get along with me. And then I have this moment it's supposed to be like this transcendent moment in my life. And there's yeah. all these people that are like, I'm never buying a video game again. And it's your fault. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. What did I do? And it, it took me a long time um, to unpack that experience. But yeah, being, you know, being one of the first people on the Bungie stream, that that's not something you could have told speedrunning Ben that it was going to happen, right? Like you couldn't go back in time and say, look, man, people are not going to remember this part of your career, the way that they're going to remember the next part of your career. Um, And I think that, that as content creators, we have to always be willing to take that, that risk or at least be open to that change. Because when you stop, when you stop moving through, you know, the space, like you said, networking is so important opening up yourself and playing different games and getting out there is such a key part of building, not just your brand, but like 
awareness about what it is and who you are and what you do and that you're somebody who's here for the long haul. You're here to work with multiple developers, right? Like not just one game. Um, but none of that happens if you constantly go back to what works because eventually it won't. Yeah. It's That's fascinating. Right. <laughs> Sorry. You just help me like, yeah, you just really helped me talk through a whole bunch of stuff there. Wow. Yeah, go, this guy. Yeah, just, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, so what is it? <laughs> I'm super curious. Do you, what do your kids think about what you do? Do you talk like, do they know about it yet? Like, is it like a, Hey daddy, what do you do? Kind of conversation or. I can tell you there have been more than one time (laughs) where my wife has said, you can't just spend your whole day on, on that video game, Grady. And he's like, dad does it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what dad does when I'm at school. He's out there playing games all day. That's kind of funny, but yeah, my, (laughs) <laughs> my son's not really grasped i think the uh visibility of it all i mean he, he's hmm. seven going on eight and he doesn't quite understand that there's a f- at least a notable amount of people who watch my stuff and yeah and uh he just knows that dad's good at video games and he'll watch my videos on youtube every now and then he thinks they're pretty cool and he thinks it's pretty neat but um yeah it'll be an interesting dynamic to 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 see how that continues to play out as he gets older, but he loves gaming and that's great. He plays destiny um, and Minecraft and and he loves all that stuff. But um, my daughter is, she's too young to really grasp what it means. I mean, she knows that people are watching, like she'll come down here sometimes when I'm streaming and say hi to people and try to interact. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how that continues to develop. (laughs) I love kids. Um, Yeah, I'm, you have answered every question I've asked you with such clarity and totality that I have I've run out, <laughs> which is never again. This has never happened previously on the podcast. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what to do. <laughs> we could we could wrap it up here if you'd like, um, or if you have anything that you wanted, to, you know, anything that you'd love to to just sort of get out into the universe. We could talk about that for the for the next ten minutes, or we can just go the- take a nap. I don't know. You know, I think I just kind of the theme of the conversation today really has been about having balance in your life. I think that's that's I think really the the key takeaway, one of the biggest uh, lessons that I've learned in this industry. And I think something I wouldn't have developed as well without it. I, it kind of forced my hand, you know, being in this kind of work because um, I'm not naturally wired to be a very disciplined person, be a very structured mm. person. My wife is. And um, and that's been a, a, a key driving point there. But if I could leave people with anything, I'd, I'd say that it's important for you to, to honestly make a list of the things that are important to you. Your career is probably one of those. Um, a meaningful relationship or two should be on that list. Um, your personal hobbies and your your health. Those are all things that I think are really important for, for every human being. Um, is to have a, a clear purpose for the work that you do. To have meaningful relationships that that you invest in regularly, that you don't let slip, to uh, take care of your body, and to figure out what it is that you just love to do when no one's around, you know, or maybe people are around, doesn't really matter, but find a hobby that just really clicks with you. And as long as you you find a good way to keep all of those things in balance, um, I think you're going to find a degree of 
content and joy that was previously unobtainable. I've never been happier in my life than I have been in these past few years. Um, and that doesn't mean that those these past few years haven't had ups and downs. I think everybody's experienced plenty of ups and downs <laughs> in these past few years. It's been a crazy few years for everybody. But um, when you have those things in balance, your capacity to uh, take on new challenges uh, reaches levels that were probably outside of your reach before then. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think you've highlighted everything you just said highlights something that I have been told at one point in my journey of streaming that you need to ignore to make it right. Um, you know, you got to stop. Well, you know, you can worry about your health in a little while. Like you can worry about your friends and family in a little while. Uh, you can worry about, you know, like they're going to understand if you just focus on this. Um, but, uh, Back to your point, it's very true, um, and I found it to be very true in my life, that when you let all the rest of that stuff slip, there isn't really anything there, right? You you end up at the bottom of the, well, why am I doing this hole, right? Yeah, like, sure. if I don't have all of these things, if I don't even know what I like to do outside of streaming, then what am I doing? Like, what am I going to do later? What is next, um, That's right. And so I, you know, I just want to say personally, thank you for coming on and, and having, you know, lived such an excellent example of protecting personal time and having having this <laughs> rigorous defense of the things that you value um, with your time. I think it is an incredible example of of what happens when when you can take care of yourself. Right. It doesn't fall apart. In fact, they can empower you to make you yourself and the content that you make better and happier than it has been before. Um, so, you know, if you're listening and you've been listening to this podcast since the first episode and you're like, man, I really wish like I really wish there was a great 2021 example of how to make this streaming thing work. You just listened to it. So you should probably go back and listen again <laughs> um, to uh, the Broman Podcast episode 130, uh, 143 uh, with True Vanguard. Um, you you kind of already did your outro, but I'll ask one more time. Is there any anything that you want to promote? Uh, anything that you've got going on right now you want people to be tuning in for? Uh, definitely let them know when you're streaming because I think they need to know all of that stuff. But yeah, the floor is yours to promote away. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on the show. It's been a, a genuine pleasure to be able to interact with you and your community um but yeah so i i stream on youtube uh just under the name true vanguard and uh i stream 9 a.m to 2 p.m eastern time every weekday and uh and then after those hours i'm working on vod content for both the same channel and uh also for facebook but um yeah one of the things i'm well this will be the one selfish thing i say yeah i'm really good. i'm really close to 100,000 followers on twitter I'm trying to I'm trying to get that. Get this man a hundred thousand. Just trying to get up over that hump, you know. So uh, <laughs> I've been trying to post like a bunch of clips and stuff there, trying to encourage a little bit more more growth there. But yeah, I appreciate it. Make that make the Twitter happen. And I'm Professor Broman. You can type it into any search box. You probably already know that because you're here listening to the podcast. But if not, I stream video games too. You can find me on Twitch. I'm noon to four every day. Uh, and if you're, you know, if you're looking for uh, any other podcasts, you could look through our catalog. But the big thing that I would like for you to do is if this podcast made you think of somebody in your life, 
and I'm very positive that it has. Uh, I would love for you to share it with them because if if you have a, a person in your life that's a content creator, this is a podcast that they need to hear. So please do that. And from myself and True Vanguard, uh, I will say goodbye, everyone. And we hope you have an excellent evening. Bye-bye.